Welcome to the first live stream episode of Burn After Pitching, the comedy pitching podcast where we have creatives on to pitch their ideas on a subject. It could be ice cream flavor, could be, um, you know, a new movie starring Jude Law. Who knows? We just have people on to pitch their ideas. Um, I don't know why I chose Jude Law. I don't think he's in the public consciousness. We'll we'll do it next episode. Jude Law pitches. Uh, Joining me on the panel for this episode, with me as always, we have Andy Nordvold. Hello, welcome, welcome to this whole new vista. You can now see me as well as hear me. I'm not sure that's an advantage, but thank you for coming. And we also have Sam, also known as Betty Hi. Geek. Yeah, I'm also known as Betty Geek. I also host Anyway with Sam and Tyler, and we talk about nonsense most of the time. So <laughs> sweet. And we have yeah. <laughs> Captain Falco. Or Captain Falcon. Hey guys. Also known as Falcon. Well, no, no Falcon. No Falcon. No. <laughs> Trademark yeah, issues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm Falco or Kevin Falco, uh, as I am Twitch and uh, YouTube and all that. But I also do, I'm like on every gamer culture podcast here with the Grand Geek Gathering and everything. <laughs> so, well, almost everyone. So I do a lot with uh, gathering and whatnot. So I'm there, here, and everywhere, basically, at one point or another. <laughs> Sweet. All right. And finally, we have Eddie the Axe. That's right. It's me, Eddie. <laughs> The Axe Jefferson, the host of the Bloody Bits Horror Show. How are you guys doing today? We're doing Good. great. Wow. And, and, and awesome, thank you bro. so much for being on, guys. This is really going to be a fantastic panel. This episode, not about Jude Law, but in fact, about amusement parks. <laughs> I'm out. Um, <laughs> this is sort of weirdly when we planned this, um, it wasn't necessarily as topical as it recently became. I know this episode is going to be coming out weeks from when we recorded it. But recent news about the big amusement parks Disneyland or Disney has gotten rid of the annual pass, which is a big deal. I know a lot of people are quite upset about that. And also one of my favorite rides, the Jungle Cruise, is getting a much needed revamp. And I know Falco, he used to be a skipper. Yeah. On the Jungle Cruise. Can you please speak oh. speak to me? Just me. This is only for me. This is my <laughs> narcissistic moment on the show. It's like, tell me what it's like to be a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Uh, it is a very interesting experience. You have such a... a uh, it's, it's like one of the weirdest feelings in the world because y- you get the job that apparently a lot of people want in the park. <laughs> you... I, I don't know any, how many times I've been told it's like that's the that's the job that I wanted when I got hired, and I'm like, well, you know, I I guess I got lucky. Thank you know, thank goodness. Um, I mean, it is the job where you get to carry a gun, so it's I mean. true, and it is it is a real gun too. Uh, Wait, it's, it's a, a real gun. It's a real gun. Correct. What? It is the 38 Smith uh, Smith and Wesson. Uh, Smith and Wesson. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, 38 Special. Uh, it it fires blanks. Oh, it's not not real bullets. Uh, because that would probably be a very bigger issue. Uh, <laughs> but it yeah. is indeed a real gun. We are the only park, uh, as far as Disneyland, uh, compared to Disney World and all the other ones that has real guns. All the other ones have either electronic guns or don't uh, use guns at all. Heart pack and heat. Yeah. Yeah. So we're the we were the only ones that had real guns, and we got them taken away for a long time too. But uh, we got them back. Surprisingly, uh, one of the few major good things Michael Eisner did was give back the guns. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Michael um, Eisner is like the head in Zardoz. He's just <laughs> shooting out guns. But uh, yeah, the this you know the the amount of of things as a skipper compared to like the other rides I did in the park is just like 
I was conductor for the railroad too. Like that was fun too. That I loved that, but it was such a different beast. Cause right. That's the skipper position is, is like a, is literally like a tour guide and you have a script. I don't, I can't right. think off the top of my head, any other ride that has a human imparting information, like each trip around like uh, the well, circuit. I can think of one, <laughs> but that was the other boat ride, but they weren't as fun. They were the, uh, um, well, I'd always, I always forget it. It's the one in Fantasyland. It's the storybook. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, I got a storybook. Yeah. yeah. I actually like that one. I did not really remember. Well, that's that a good one for kids, too. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Um, we, we used to have things where it was like, oh, storybook's taking our jokes, which they weren't supposed to. But <laughs> they used to. Suddenly they pull out a gun ride. and start shooting Cinderella. Well, not that one. <laughs> not those jokes. That'd be, uh, that'd be a little extreme. Say that again, sorry. Was, was there a rumble that, between doors. Jungle Cruise and Storybook to decide who got to keep the jokes? Oh no, I mean we we had they weren't like their script wasn't jokey. Ours was yeah. obviously jokey. We were supposed to be. We had uh I think it was I always forget if it was eighty four or eighty two pages, uh long script that we had to remember. Um mind you, it wasn't, you know, uh, straight through obviously of the 82 pages there was each individual scene and there was four or five jokes for each scene and then there was jokes for if you were just you know standing at the dock and you wanted to yell at the line you know stuff like that uh we used to have jokes for all sorts of stuff and certain things you weren't supposed to say at all obviously <laughs> <laughs> that some skippers did not uh did not actually agree <laughs> with and they said them anyway even though they weren't supposed to can you but, share one of these forbidden jokes <laughs> i mean it depends on how bad you want me to go <laughs> well you know for the live stream i don't know <laughs> for the podcast version i can always edit it out <laughs> uh well here I, I'll, I'll do i'll do a person i'll do uh, one of my more favorite ones even though which is funny because if you know me uh this wouldn't be me at all but um one of the jokes that I really liked was uh, you're going into the hippo pool and you go, hey, we're, we're now heading into a dangerous pool of, you know, hippopotami. Now, long ago, I asked the natives, what was the easiest way to get the hippos to not charge you? And they told me two shots. And after two years of AA meetings and uh, intense therapy, I finally understand what those two shots are. And, you know, so cover your ears and then you fire the gun off of the ear. And you're like, well, they won't be a... Uh, they won't be uh, uh, going after us anymore. And then you kind of stumble as you, like, try and turn the wheel out. All right. <laughs> That's that. Fair enough. I can see where, like, an AA and a drunk skipper joke might not play. Uh, but... Man, that's that's a pretty good joke. I like that. I, I, you know, I have a whole lot of like stories before from when before I even got there that they used to tell me about that are definitely not even remotely family friendly. So I won't. We'll <laughs> save those for the late yeah, night stream. You can see. I'll, I'll gladly tell you those later. But you know, the, those are those are. Uh, there were some. There were some bad. Ones. Uh, but what's like the craziest thing that you've ever had to do that you had to deal with? Like, have you ever had like a crazy passenger on the boat or like um, a very ill-timed joke or something like that? Uh, I've had my boat die at uh, at the squirter, which is the elephant <laughs> that comes up and the water comes uh, up. And it and it got me because the boat didn't go all the way through. It wasn't going fast enough, but it, the boat didn't die. What happened is its throttle cable snapped, so it was stuck in neutral. So the boat just kept going and it soaked me and it luckily wasn't going fast enough to get anybody else, but... <laughs> Uh, and I was there for 
40 minutes until they send out people to get us. Uh, there was a time that I told a joke that is that is in our script. Um, and it's about like, oh, look, there's there's uh, four giant spiders over there in the web on that web. And then you go, oh, there's only three. What happened to the other one? And then you you hit your you hit your hand against the the, the captain's crate in front of you. And go, oh, you know my shoes match. Look at that, my socks match today. Like you're supposed to like you know kind of like little scare or whatnot. And some guy got really pissed off. Be like, you like? At some point, he hit the crate, and he's like, "You like it when you get scared?" I'm like, "I don't even know what you're doing, dude." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, dude, <laughs> calm down, man. <laughs> um, I've had a, uh, uh, I had to, I had to rescue, <laughs> I had to help rescue my ex girlfriend who uh, derailed a boat at one point. Uh, <laughs> the, Wait, was, you're, it's on a track, isn't it? How do you derail it? Uh, it's it, the track is it's not like a you, you know how like uh, uh, it's a small world has like a flume uh-huh. right um, Joan Cruz has a track and uh, what it does is it it has two poles one in the back one in the front uh, one of the captain's crate one in, near the engine and uh, it sits on the rail like this like uh, like the rails in between it sits like this and then it balances on so if the water level goes too high on one side it can just pull it off it oh, and it'll, okay. it'll drift um. Most of the time it happens, it wasn't our fault. Tracks old. It just, every once in a while. Sometimes, that means sometimes it was your fault. No, no. Yeah, no, there's there's certain to, I, I I've never derailed a boat, but I know people who have. Uh, <laughs> your girlfriend, for example. Did, um, yeah. yeah I think, did you I have to, like, launch an expedition, like, on foot? Oh, yeah, no. We gotta, and, like, rescue? <laughs> not not on foot. We, we had to go and uh, take a boat back to her boat, tie the boats together, and then evacuate the people on boat. <laughs> so you that's have like, to do like, like a speed. whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like that. They're, they're throwing <laughs> the passengers <laughs> from the bus onto like the thing. It's it's just like you lived, you lived speed, Falco. It was very, very slow. Yeah, it was. And you <laughs> had the gun so you could shoot the hostage. Perfect. Oh, that's no. I mean, probably Wait. not that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But the most of the time it wasn't our fault. There are times it can be. Um, I think there was a rule. Usually, if the front, if it was the front rail, uh, about ninety nine percent of the time it wasn't your fault. If the front rail came off, if it was the back rail, it was like percent of the time it was your fault. Because usually what happens is um, you go down a uh, like a river where it's really narrow and you're going really fast, and then you slow down abruptly and the water comes up behind the boat and picks it up off the rail because <laughs> the water wow. has no place to this, you know, no. It is not a big body in the the little in the little rivers, so or in the little specific areas. So there's no place for the water to displace, and it just picks the whole boat up. Um, is this what the live action Jungle Cruise movie is going to be like? I don't Entirely know. About <laughs> it's just speed. Like it's just speed. It's in the Rock Johnson Valley. <laughs> we tilted off the track. Um, I would still watch it. Um, <laughs> you, you should hear this. I'm I'm still in a couple of Facebook groups that are like full of either former or still current skippers, you know. And uh, when we heard that it was going to get redone, <laughs> I think the most common joke is, "Where's our animatronic Dwayne Johnson? Where is he going to be on the ride?" I would have a fast pass so fast. <laughs> I would I would be the first in line. We if they're keeping uh, creepy Johnny Depp wears Waldo version of yeah, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean well, around. You know Dwayne the Rock Johnson is being added. I just want him to be massive though. He's just like huge animatronic. Right, he's the biggest like, they've ever done. He's like nine feet tall. It's like the King Kong from the Universal <laughs> yeah. Studios ride. Because you just 
the yeah. boat goes right past him. He's the size of a truck. And his breath I would love like, it. Yes, it works. <laughs> he already kind of looks Amazing. like an animatronic character. So. <laughs> he just, just parts some leaves and then punches one, punches one of the natives. It's <laughs> the rock. He's perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you for indulging my curiosity about Jungle Cruise. But now this show is about pitching. So let's get down to our first pitch, shall we? All right. The okay. first pitch for our amusement park, amusement park ride thingy premise. Okay. We have tasked our panelists with pitching a new ride for an amusement park. It doesn't have to be a Disney park. It, it could be a carnival that travels from like neighborhood to neighborhood. It could be Circus <laughs> Vargas. It could be Universal Studios Island of Adventure. It could be any amusement park ride, but it's a new ride, a new concept in the amusement industry. Now, for our, our first picture, how about Andy? Why don't you go first? And show them how it's all right. Although probably not a Disney ride because this is a uh, way too obscure. Maybe, maybe I'm not even sure if it's an American ride, but who here is familiar with the wonderful cinematic tradition of Chawscope? Wait, did you say Chawscope? Chawscope, what they shot all the 70s kung fu martial arts films in. Shot in oh, Chawscope. 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 Named yeah. after the Shaw brothers. Yes, Run Run and the rest. Sir Run Run. Sorry, because I want to do Chawscope the Ride, a ride that captures the thrill of being inside a classic 70s kung fu movie. And I think it's the right time for it. Immersive adventures are getting more and more advanced. It used to be it was just you were used to be you were in a theater, then you were in a car that went through a movie. But now the immersive rides are getting to the point where you can almost get a roller coaster feel to them. So I'm thinking if you've been to Universal Studios, like Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, but hopefully the next level up. So there's like actual roller coaster rides, roller coaster thrills in addition to an immersive ride. Because in this, you and a fellow student will witness evil ninjas murder your master, played, of course, by Gordon Liu. But before you can avenge him, he sends you on a quest to master the top five kung fu styles from top five disciples. So in the ride, you will progress through each style of kung fu, crane, snake, monkey, drunken, and Scorpion. It's very loosely based on the five deadly venoms. And along the way, in each stage, you will meet a master who will give you challenges that the ride will be to see if you can truly master their form of Kung Fu. So there'd be a, a great opportunity for homages. Michelle Yeoh or maybe Zhang Ziyi could play Chang Pepe. Wu Jing could play Gordon Liu. And Jackie Chan could play Jackie Chan, of course. And uh, also, what's great is you will have four different styles of when you're learning the crane style, it'll be all graceful, sweeping movements. When you're learning the snake, it's all fluid slithering. It's going to be just kinetic frenzy for monkey. And then the unpredictable lurches of drunken style. Can you imagine drunken kung fu in a ride? And this climaxes with the last master, the scorpion master, who, true to his scorpion nature, reveals that it was he who betrayed and murdered your master. So by combining the four elements of the four martial arts styles that you have learned, you and your friend will team up and defeat the Scorpion Master, avenge your master, and finish the ride. I love it. So are you imagining nice. it where it's um, where it'll be like a roller coaster, where it's like a train you go through, or is it more individual carts that kind of go through on, on a track I system? It's groups. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've been on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, but they've managed to meld the two. Like I think it's like a group of five where you're strapped in and they can twirl you around a bunch. Right. 
Okay, great because okay. you can get some animatronics, some filmed. It's a great combination. I'm thinking use that. Would it be a mix of animatronics and film, or or mostly just film? I'm thinking mostly film, mostly film. You know, maybe some animatronics for some of the transitions. But yeah, I want the film because I want because you know it's it's based on a movie. I want you to be in the Shaw Brothers movie. Universal Studios might hear this and turn it into a Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real threat i, yeah. I mean well i think kung it would fu be Panda awesome. did a wonderful job of being an homage to kung fu anyways so i could live with that you know you say it could be yeah it could be worse you could get something much worse than kung fu Panda. yeah i could be like yeah kung fu shrek you know Ooh. Well, uh that could also happen or like the cheap straight to dvd uh like kung fu black and white bear animated movies that are like super cheap yeah or, or they yeah, have the to like off. insert the minions in there somehow the oh jeez it's a something. minions it's a minions right <laughs> oh. yeah no i see the, the more you suggest the more i am completely fine with making a kung fu panda yeah, no. no andy i think your idea is awesome it sounds really cool i would i would be so into that all right so next up yeah. sam hit us with your pitch hello um so i do have a pitch for a full theme park, but I will shorten it to ah. two attractions. Okay, are you guys familiar with uh, the production company, or the, the movie company Leica? Yes. Like mm-hmm. the Coralines, the Kubos. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I am like their biggest fan. I'm obsessed with Leica. I will support anything they do. They're amazing. Um, and I love that they love art and love to tell great stories. So, I think it would be great to do like a Land of Leica theme park because oh. this way people can go and experience all of their hard work and and maybe they can transfer their art into really, really cool immersive experiences. So um, one, one land for each film that they've done, but I will focus on two attractions. Uh, (laughs) So the first one's going to be for, of course, Coraline, which as you enter the park, it's like the essentially the castle of the theme park. It's the pink palace. So you would enter under the pink palace and into a dome that is the cue for the attraction that you'll be entering. Um, the dome is um, controlled, you know, weather and light and everything to be like absolutely beautiful and perfect as the other world is for Coraline at first, right? So it's the garden and it has her face and everything lights up and it's interactive and it's really cool. Um, the attraction, it would be, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say it would be extremely inefficient, um, <laughs> but it would be really cool Just if they like could make Micah. it work. <laughs> exactly it takes time but it's worth it right yeah. <laughs> it takes I mean, time it's beautiful but it takes forever exactly yeah and i'm willing to wait <laughs> um so good philosophy for any it. theme park really <laughs> no fast passes here they don't exist um <laughs> in fact you pay extra to wait longer exactly to yeah Slow exactly pass. exactly like so I'm really selling this. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be a trackless ride system. If you've been on, like, I'll say, or have seen, like, uh, the Rise of the Resistance attraction, the Star Wars attraction. So it'd be, it would move sort of like that. It would be kind of like you, you would move around and explore, um, the Pink Palace, but in the other world, right? Cause that's more exciting. Um, and then it would also be an escape room. So that's where the inefficiency comes in <laughs> because, you know, your car is going to be sitting there until you and your three other people in the attraction or in the car, um, 
figure the puzzle out and then move on to the next thing. But it is time. So I guess they could make that um, that part of the efficiency. Like if you don't get it in a certain amount of time, you just like get ejected from the ride or something. I don't know. Or you get buttons put on your eyes. Who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Coraline's a really dark story. <laughs> but um, the, the whole thing is like you're trying to like solve the mystery release the ghost kids, you know, just like the movie and, and escape the other mother uh, before your eyes get gouged out. It's super exciting and great for kids. <laughs> so Teaches them um, a valuable lesson. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I appreciate what you Solve have. Solve your problems quickly or you're going to get buttons sewn onto your eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, and don't then, trust adults. <laughs> yeah. Also, that. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also, don't explore ever. Like, don't crawl into any little tiny doors. I mean, the sense of adventure is gone. It's over. <laughs> um, so then the other attraction would be based off of um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, and this would be like you would it would be the, like Kubo's Quest is the title of the attraction. So it would just follow the story um, because that's a beautiful movie and it has a lot of different scenery and different elements in it. So there's like flying, there's there's water, there's other things. Uh, I don't know. So the attraction would bugs. go from land. <laughs> there's what? Bugs. Bugs. There's bugs. There's beetles. There's, there's like creepy ants. Yeah. Meaning his ants, right. twin ants. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yikes. So you would go, the attraction, the vehicle would go from land, like on a track or a trackless system. It would uh, go into water and then be picked up by hooks. And then you're flying, kind of like a Peter Pan attraction, if you think of it like that. So it would go from those different, um, it would be super expensive and and really probably kind of difficult to achieve, but it would be really cool. And that's basically that. That's basically it. <laughs> I just want them to nice. build this. <laughs> I am shocked that, because I know I've seen like a, a Caroline, like big head mascot figure walking around. Like, are there any, does Leica have a presence in any amusement park? So they did in Universal oh. Studios. Okay. Um, they had a small, um, they had a small, because I've seen them like with Warner Brothers too. They've worked with different companies, I, I believe. Um, and, but I guess it, they, I don't know if they like leased out like the little theater they had near the Minions ride. And they did a whole exhibit, like a traveling exhibit <laughs> that was really oh. cool. And um, they had tour guides that would take you through. And it was pretty immersive, actually. Like you went through the tunnel like Coraline does. Oh. And you see the the set pieces that they built, the puppets that they built. Um, oh, and nice. it was quite incredible. Um, they've been at Comic-Con too. So they, they've yeah, going to say it must be the same exhibit that they bring. To yeah. That has an incredibly really long cool. line. That there's no way I'm ever waiting in. <laughs> uh, it's worth it though. I'm just such a big fan. So I would work, I would do it. Actually, when I was at Comic-Con one year, um, uh, Terry Hatcher voices the other mother and, and the mother. Uh, and so she was out there with her YouTube show and it's called Van Therapy. And so they asked to interview me and I got in her van and talked to her for a, a while. It was cool. She was so nice. Are you sure it was wow. Terry Hatcher? Because that sounds like a scam. <laughs> I know. I got into a van with a stranger. I was. Wait, it was other Terry Hatcher? <laughs> hey, I'm totally Terry Hatcher. Why don't you get in the van with My me? eyes are okay. <laughs> yeah, my uncle used to run that kind of scam down in LA until he got arrested. <laughs> yeah. Terry yeah. Hatcher in everything. He had a very convincing wig. <laughs> He's like, ha ha. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> Not I again. Travis about a size Knight. eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> Travis, I believe it's Travis Knight that owns Leica. Um, and I think I'm getting this right. I don't know. Somebody fact check me. I don't know. 
Uh, but his dad owns Nike or something. And oh. so that's why they always have those like exclusive Nike shoes. And, oh. you know, he's like, dad, give me your shoe money so I can make puppets. <laughs> but I mean, that, that makes sense because like it's Portland based and Nike is Portland based. Right. I can, I can exactly. Kind of assume based on those two facts. Right. Right. You can assume or, you know, believe me, I guess. Or Google it. <laughs> it's more. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I've had to do disclaimers at the front of episodes before. Where I'm like, okay. Hey, this thing someone said in the episode turns out it's wrong. So just. just right. It. Right. <laughs> For legal reasons, this is a joke. Yeah. Well, we won't speak for Andy's uncle. But Andy, we did a, a, a pitch session. Was it specifically new Leica movies, or did we all just happen to pitch Leica versions of something? Because I feel like I, I remember I pitched Leica, Leica one. No, that's a good nice. idea for a future episode. You heard it here first. I remember I, did my, I pitched my animated uh, Bride of Frankenstein. And I think maybe just in the discussion, we we're like, you know, who should do it is like, and then I think yeah. like, yes. someone else. That it's... sounded so cool. I'm the number one fan of the show, by the way. So I'm nice. like fangirling oh. over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like screaming at my phone. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes, do that. Like a, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like it was a general like animated one. one. Yeah. But I, I want to say like half of us ended up pitching things that should be like a movies. Um, <laughs> all right. So Falco, pitch us your amusement park ride. So uh, funny enough, uh, this is an old ride that I actually came up with a pitch for a long time ago when I used oh. to work at Disney. Um, so I decided I was going to pull it back out. I've actually told this to old uh, friends and cast members. Which is funny because some of the concepts that I had in it are now in current rides that are now out. <laughs> and I know for a fact a couple of them turned into Imagineers. So who knows? Uh, maybe they took some of those. I don't uh, know. But it's okay. Uh, <laughs> time to call Sally Owen Barnes. Ch- ch- chances are it was, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Most of the people that I remember they got turned into Imagineers didn't, didn't conversate with me that much. But basically I had this idea that when they were building uh, – uh, Radiator Springs, you know, when they're building Cars Land, mm-hmm. that off to the side of Cars Land in the like mountain area, there would be a there would be a facade of a like a kind of like a little factory and it would say like abandoned factory or something. It would have like a sign over it, like not, you know, why not? But underneath the abandoned factory sign, you could just barely see a by and large. And nice. when you would go into the ride, um, it would the first area, the first part of the line would look, you know, uh, kind of dirty, like nobody's nobody's been there in a long time, like it's supposed to be an abandoned ride. But every once in a while, while you're waiting in line, if the line's that long, you would see um, uh, Mo from Wally come out and like clean some of the floor and then then drive away. And then you would move into the next area, which would be kind of like a presentation thing. Um, where they'd have a big screen and the by and large logo would come up and you can tell this is old because the original pitch was, you know, Fred Willard would be up there and he'd be like, welcome to, you know, thank you for participating in this by and large, you know, uh, uh, test run of our new Axiom Verge, uh, Axiom, what is it? Axiom, uh, not only say Verge, but Axiom, you know, spaceships. Mm -hmm. So, and he would say that you've been selected as test pilots and you'd be (laughs) able to, um, you know, go, go forward after, you know, they give the like safety spiel and they make it, you know, whatnot, um, whatnot and themed as far as like Wally goes. Once you get past that, you're, you're going down, you know, you're going through the line um, for a little bit. It's just kind of hallways, but on the, on, in the hallway, 
you know, there's there's advertisements for by and large, like food and items, like the cupcake in a cup and like the the bat like by and large batteries, like all these little references to to the other things, you know. Um and then you would get into a bigger kind of port area where it would show off um like a big fake like a uh, uh, smaller axiom ship and you'd be able to look at it and they'd funnel you into these uh smaller ships that they were testing that would take about uh i think i think at the time i said like four people and each four it would be several of these little ships and four people at a time and the ride would be uh you would of the four people you would be testing out the systems of the ship um that were in the you know that that would be doing some of the stuff from the movie like the chairs would be, they would look like, you know, prototypes of the lounger chairs that you sit in in the thing. They'd have the big like cup holders and everything. Um, and you'd, you'd go through the systems of the check of everything. So you'd check like the, you know, the, the warp, you'd check like sending out like little robots and stuff by like pressing buttons on like things. It's kind of like as, as you would think nowadays, how they, it's sort of like how they have the Millennium Falcon ride, but. Not exactly, because you have, you know, you have limited control of what you're doing, because it still follows kind of a path, but, you know, it's 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 more themed to, to what that is, and uh, you'd be doing certain things. And, of course, at some point, maybe after, I think it was, idea was, okay, you're going to test the warp drive, and you do it, and, like, halfway through the warp drive, you just lose power to the ship, and it, it starts getting, like, sucked into, like, a, a, a nearby planet or something, and it starts, you know, you start feeling like it can get pulled in, and you kind of got to hold on while it's doing it. And then you can, I I, I think the, the original idea I had was that there'd be a little place right in front of the screen, kind of like uh, like when it was, like in Star, like in Star Tours where, like, C-3PO is, but it's not, it's not that big. It's just big enough that you'd have, you'd have Wally come out and, like, pull some wires and, like, try and push them together to turn the thing back on. And as soon as it turns back on, like it would, you know, he'd, you know, be like, he'd wave at you. And then the the ship would heave up and he'd like fall back into the hole <laughs> as you like took back off. Um, and the ride would probably be like uh, 10, 12 minutes or so. And then, you know, you'd fly back to port. You'd go in, you'd land. And then they'd be like, you, you had a successful, you know, we were going to use this test for our, our, uh, you know, our, our, and they would say, you know, buy, and it'd be like, and then have a bunch of, you know, of course, more by and large branding as you left through the exit line. It sounds like you go into a gift board. store. Yeah, yeah, and then you'd go into a gift Sorry. store, and there'd be a bunch of, yeah, exactly, and then you there'd be all these by and large things, all in the, all the little Wally plushies, and you know, it sounds uh, like a way more comfortable version of that Epcot ride, that what, Mission to Space. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I remember when I was coming up with the ride back then that I, I you know, I, I took a little bit from rides that uh, in certain areas, it took a little bit from rides like Star Tours and like, yeah, like Mission to Space. But I wanted like, it to be that like, ride not fun. I don't know if any of you have <laughs> no. gone on that, but that ride is claustrophobic. Because uh, for those who who haven't been on, is it called Mission to Space? Oh, the one where you're Mission really space. going into space or Quote, unquote, really. Right. Where if you go in a group of four and you're in a super tight cabin and you each have a different job, but it, it, you're, it's super oh, yeah. close quarters and it's so claustrophobic and it's, and it's a speed ride. So it's one of those things where like speed jet pulls you back. So you get like the G forces, quote unquote. But that mm-hmm. ride, I went on that a couple of years ago and I was um, at a work thing that we happened to be able to go to Epcot for free. Um, I did not enjoy it. 
it uh, it made me a little sick, and I uh, was like, I'm I'm done. Like it was at night. Like we, you know, park was closed, and we got to like you can go on these three rides that we'll keep open for you. I like I went on that, and I was like, I'm done. Like that was not fun at all. It was gross. Yours, Falco, sounds like a much more comfortable. I like the idea of a lounge chair. I like the idea of like a Wally coming out and like waving at me. That sounds yeah. like fun. Mission to space yeah. is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, you know that was kind of that was kind of the like I thought because of the fact that you know it would be four people and you want to have the you know you want to have the like the, the the lead up to the chairs that are in you know in the movie. You'd have these little bit bigger chairs that are look a little more comfortable that are you know that have enough space in it. That's not necessarily claustrophobic or anything, but just enough that, you know, people are comfortable and be able to do it. And then you'd have like the buttons on, you can put like the buttons on your chair or maybe a little monitor off to the side, you know. Um, yeah, like everyone has like a system. thing that they have to do so they're engaging with the ride. Correct. Um, and, then, and it's got the drama of the like, the like warp speed thing failing. It tells a story. And that's what a good ride is, right? It tells you a story. Exactly. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of why you, the, the way I have it set out, like, you know, know it's it's supposed to be a secret thing of you know people barely you know people getting picked that's why you go to the abandoned thing where nobody knows you know where it is it's you know it's all supposed to for a future of mankind you know (laughs) what it sounds like you're pushing the grand unified pixar theory here because isn't one of the (laughs) that once the axiom crashes the humans don't have enough muscles to move around, so they build carrying things, which eventually evolve into the cars of cars. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, back then I, I hadn't heard the theory, so it just kind of ended up falling into Cars Land because it was a brand new space that had, you know, some room to grow, and you know, uh, uh, you could probably continue to, you know, carve out more of the back buildings and parking lot that was there to make more room for this. So mm-hmm. I thought it worked out. I thought it would work out good there because they were still, when I first came up with the idea, they were still building it. So uh, I always thought before, obviously, it got finished that it most of it, or at least the line part of it, would be, you know, inside the mountain. But mm-hmm. obviously, you know, a lot of the ride for cars is in, the, you know, for, for that was in that mountain. Um, but you could still have, like, you could have it like, uh, you know, Indiana Jones where you have the big building out back where you, everything's inside there. Um, but, yeah. Like a uh, mission to space, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could put it you could put it there. I mean, really, that's the way Epcot's going, right? Is like, Epcot <laughs> yeah. is losing all of the, like, science of the future and just being like, oh, God, let's put something Pixar in it. Quick, let's make a Pixar movie just so we can like tr- oh, yeah. make a Pixar also movie about the- and then put it in the greenhouse in Epcot. Well, yeah, and their pavilion, which is like the international pavilion, which is supposed to give you the experience of different countries, is slowly like the Visit Norway ride has become the Frozen ride, and I'm I'm sure the rest yeah. are too. Which yeah. that that I would have to say, okay, this is to diverge into my personal experience with Disney World. Um, so when I was eight years old we went to Disney world. It was like, it was for my eighth birthday. Um, and we went to, I loved Epcot. I still really like Epcot, but yeah, the international thing, like Norway had the thing coming soon, like the Norway ride. Um, and I remember like a wonderful world of Disney, like TV special talking about how great this ride was going to be as we're like, Oh, you're going to have a Viking long ship and you'll see trolls and you know, Norse mythology. And in my head, that ride was built up for so long. And then mm-hmm. five years ago, we went back to Disney World, maybe a little bit before. Oh, it might have been like, oh, it might have been 10 years ago. Jeez. Um, and we went to Epcot 
And that ride was open, the the Norway ride. And I was so excited and we went on it and that ride sucked. That was a Aww. sucky, boring Aww. ride. I love that ride. <laughs> it was a, it's, it's a commercial for Norway. Literally, the end of the ride is like, look at our oil, our oil derricks that dot our ocean. Yes. Like, what? It's it's an what? awful ride. So when it was replaced with Frozen, only time in my life I'd ever say like that was an effing improvement because I don't yeah. I give nothing I give no shits about Frozen, but the Frozen <laughs> ride is way better than Norway wet well, ride a- with oil derricks. I think there's so this I whole video a, oh, about like, sorry, all the drama right. with the Norway ride. Uh, sorry, it was it was it was surprise surprise a co venture with the Norway Tourism Board, and it kept getting delayed because it kept costing more money. And Norway's like, screw this, you know, and and that's why. Oh, and I think the budget kept getting cut, which is why less thrills, more oil derricks. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I want to hear why you like that ride because that because okay. that's it's a wrong opinion. Um, but I want to hear oil derricks. <laughs> yeah. So I passed out. (laughs) Well, I like the trolls in it, so that's about it. Uh, There was trolls in it, and it was cool. Uh, It's been a while since I've been on it. So (laughs) Um, I also may have enjoyed some chauffeur-hoffer before going on that attraction. (laughs) (laughs) So I I pass. I actually kind of have a funny story because I pass out on roller coasters, and I get really scared of passing out on roller coasters. uh, (laughs) And because I'm scared of them, I guess. Um, so there was like a there's a there was a drop in that attraction, and I was like, "How big is the drop? How big is the drop?" And children are going on it. That doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I'm still scared, and so I was like screaming in the attraction. But my friend and I were the only two people on the attraction because it was like the end of the night, and I'm just like screaming like ah, <laughs> so like, and then the drop is just like, <laughs> and I'm just like screaming like freaking out, but um. Back to Mission Space, uh, that attraction has two, like, sides to it. So you have, like, the intense version, which it sounds like you went on. Um, and then there's, like, the mild version for children. And I was like, yes, please. And my friends actually made me go on the ride. Um, they're like, you need to go on. You need to you need to experience it. I was like, I don't know. I'm scared of the mild attraction. Like, I, I the, ver- <laughs> the version of it, I'm scared of it. I don't want to make you guys go on it. You know, and they're like, mm, okay, bye. And so they went on like the, <laughs> the big attraction version, like the, the adult version of it or whatever. It's and, right. Yeah. And then I went on by myself. They're like, you better go on it. You better go on it, not ditch. Okay, fine. I did. I did it. I went and I was terrified. I felt sick. I was so scared. <laughs> and I'm by myself. And it's like parties of four. So I was there with like, there was like this dad and his two children that were like six and like eight or something like that. Like they were young. And then there's me like 25. (laughs) And and I'm like, (laughs) I I look even whiter than normal. And like, I, I feel nauseous and I'm like dizzy and like, I'm scared and, and I'm so nervous. So I get into that like tiny box they have you and I'm probably remembering it kind of wrong because I was terrified. But okay, yeah, yeah, it felt like really like, you know, packed in there. And I'm in here with these strangers and these kids are like, Dad, I'm scared. And I was like, me too. (laughs) And the dad was like, it's okay. It's going to be okay, sweetie. It's going to be okay. Just push the button. Okay. You do. And he's like calming me down and his kids are scared too. And I felt like a child and it wasn't that bad. I I did feel a little scared though. But yeah, see, I'm like famous for blacking out on attractions and then not knowing i have like memory loss from it my friends are like it was funny when you blacked down on the mummy coaster at universal i was like what? <laughs> so i'm like yeah i'm, I'm double scared of a track 
<laughs> I like I I can't do roller coasters like because um, I'm old. But I went to oh, Six yeah. Flags with a friend of mine and his cousins who are like roller coaster heads, and I did not. I was not prepared for it. Like we went on, I made it to two roller coasters in a row. And I was like, I need to sit down for the next two hours. And they just kept going. Like I, like I didn't get to go on the Batman roller coaster at six flags oh, because was so I, was, good. I could not handle it. I was like, I feel, I feel really sick. And so I just like sat on a bench oh, for like, it was like almost two hours because it was a long line and then like going on the ride and everything. But man, I am a, I'm a wimp when it comes to roller coasters. But now Eddie, Eddie, yeah. give us your pitch for a new ride. Okay, well, I have, uh, it's actually more of an idea for an amusement park, but I'll narrow right. it down to two rides experiences, we'll call it. Do the Sam. Now, um, <laughs> yeah, so everything I do online is very horror related, right? And, you know, we do the Not Scary Farm, we have all the Halloween horror nights, that kind of thing. But what I'm thinking is, why not a horror themed park? Right. So I've got two experiences in mind, first of all. Now, first one, David Cronenberg presents the fly. Now, hear me out. Okay. Go on. While you're waiting in line, you get blind drunk. Okay. (laughs) Then you get to hang out with a baboon. So there's that. Uh, Once you get up there, there's the nice teleporter pods. And uh, they do the whole show and presentation. They load the baboon in there. Then they show you the other side where he's turned inside out. And like kind of twitching and bleeding. And then they cleaned that out. They're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to. That didn't work out too well. All right. Well, it's your turn now. So you get in the teleporter pod. Um, Then we have to figure out how to teleport the person to the other pod. That's that's above my pay grade, though. So uh, (laughs) we'll probably outsource that. Um, probably spins you around really fast, makes you nice and nauseous. Then when you get out, they got a whole plate full of donuts for you to throw up on, you know, so you really get the experience going on there. Afterward, you get to walk through a hall with a bunch of wacky mirrors, and they all make you look like a different version of Jeff Goldblum that's slowly yes. deteriorating <laughs> over time. Not you, though. It's Jeff Goldblum that you see. Uh, then... There's a uh, a nice wall that you can kind of Spider-Man climb around and go upside down. We got the harnesses and everything. The kids are going to love it. Okay. And <laughs> finally, we get to the end where we've actually hired Gina Davis to blow your head off. It's wonderful. <laughs> right? An end-to-end experience uh, brought to you by David Cronenberg's The Fly. Now, the second one. Now, this one's a, a little bit more uh, do, traditional. Can I just throw, can sure. I just throw a suggestion here? Uh, we have to have an arm wrestling scene where you snap a guy's oh, <laughs> We got to have a guy who, like, yeah, you know, yeah. he, maybe he's oh, you broke my, like you broke my forearm. It's like, oh, God. Oh, that's <laughs> such a great <laughs> idea. Okay, I'll pencil that one in. Absolutely. <laughs> so now the next idea that I had, it's a little bit shorter, and it's probably a little bit more traditional in the theme parky sense. It's called uh, The Human Centipede, The Ride. Now, oh. how it works <laughs> is imagine, like, Mrs. Frizzle in the Magic School Bus, right? Everybody loads into the roller coaster, they strap in, and then it's like a uh, kind of a guided tour through uh, multiple digestive systems, starting, you know, of course, at one end and then working their way out the other. Uh, That one, you know, you could actually do like a VR experience with the goggles on and set them up in the the roller coaster. A lot of corkscrews, a lot of corkscrews. You got the splashes of water, too. Yeah. Are, yeah, the splashes of water. So, are there like? Do you smell stuff? Is it? Oh, of course. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> so gross. It's not, it's not good enough if you can't smell it. <laughs> yeah, no, it we're going to this, this whole though. yeah, the whole theme park is going to be right by a paper mill. So it's just like win-win. Oh. You know? That is the worst smell in the world. I was yeah, going to say, it was like, it'd, be, it'd be great for the horror to like pipe in like delicious smelling smells, like fresh bread. Well, that's at the very beginning. Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And so it's like, oh, it kind of yeah. oh, lulls you into a nice one. Like, oh, mm, fresh bread. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, like a fresh pizza. Mm. And then it just like, it turns on you. It really turns yeah. On you. Uh, <laughs> squishing noises around you. It's uh, kind of like a 4D experience, I'd say. Through uh, three people. Uh, who's that? Who's the German guy? Who plays the doctor in that? Oh that God! Who is that guy? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I we can just have any German like, guy. It's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really. Muffled German <laughs> doctor. Like you just kind of hear like him talking. Like, it, but it's muffled because you're inside the body. Mm-hmm. I'm glad yeah. you're not part of the human centipede because there'd be a huge fight to be the front. You know. Yeah. There always is. <laughs> but even worse. I mean, you know, you're just. Adding gasoline to a fire there. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, and, and waiting in line at the theme park is already bad enough, you know, so. <laughs> as long as it's not a roller coaster, I'm game. <laughs> but it is. No, that one is a roller coaster. You probably <laughs> okay. do better with the, the, uh, the, the fly experience. Oh, I yeah, think. The, the corkscrew. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So, so I have not invoked. Part. I have not invoked host privilege for this episode. I have prepared a pitch for an amusement park ride. Um, So this is this would be kind of closer to like Eddie's, uh, but not quite as horrific. But I uh, I went with a a ride, almost more. It's a kind of a ride walkthrough experience. Um, The Incredible Shrinking You. All right, so I am a big fan of the movie The Incredible Shrinking with Lily Tomlin. I grew up watching that movie. Oh, um, great movie. And Universal Studios actually used to have a lot of, um, they weren't like rides or anything or, or exhibits, but they had attractions in the park, which were just like oversized items, like an oversized phone you could take pictures with. That was like a promotion, like, don't forget our movie, The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Uh, and of course, The Incredible Shrinking Woman is uh, inspired by the 50s, great 50s B movie, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Um, so my so my ride, quote unquote, it's kind of more like haunted house kind of thing where it's a walkthrough, but I want it to be on a moving walkway. So you're like standing and you can move around kind of freely, but like your walkway is always moving and you're going from. Uh, and so there's kind of a pre-show where you're the you is yourself and you're being told about you're going on a tour of this, you know, this laboratory working on very interesting new technology to shrink and grow things. Um, and like, oh, it's the wave of the future. And then you kind of pass through one point where like, I guess uh, like honey, I shrunk the audience kind of vibe is the, the shrink gun kind of accidentally gets turned and pointed at you and you get hit with a flash of light and you continue on to the next room and you're in the doctor's office, which it would be, a doctor's office, but there'd be an animatronic doctor there kind of like talking to you like, well, yeah, everything seems fine. Uh, but the, the ride's always moving. So you're kind of going through and like the next room, you're, you're home and like, like it's your house and you have a pet cat. You're traveling through and every, like everyone's asked you like, oh, no, you see everything seems fine. And then like then you go into like another room and things are just slightly bigger uh, until like you go through a series of just like regular seeming rooms where all the furniture and all the items in the room are now getting bigger and bigger. 
um, to kind of force the idea that, like you're getting smaller and then like you'll go back through a room with the doctor and the doctor animatronic is now like much bigger than you and it was like well yes there's something that you, something seems to be happening to you on the subatomic level and you go through like another room and suddenly like you're in your bedroom but it's clear that your bedroom is now a dollhouse and there'd be like uh there'd be a projection screen outside of a window where you'd see your cat but now your cat is gigantic and like watching you and hissing at you mm-hmm. uh, and then you get like you you go through another room where like you, there's a giant like tabletop fan that's going and as it turns towards you like you're hit with a gust of wind and then like pro- through a projection effect like it makes it look like you're falling and you fall on the ground and like it, the the room is like shag carpeting kind of above your head um and you can hear your cat like kind of like look like uh walking around and maybe you even see like there's a giant animatronic like cat paw that kind of like moves into sight for a moment until you like move on to the next room where then like <laughs> the projection screen is the cat kind of lunging at you and you uh on the walkway you go into like a mouse hole and then so then you're in like all darkness and like uh, if you've ever seen the end of the incredible shrinking man spoiler alert for a six-year-old movie is the man essentially shrinks down to the atomic level and it's just like black but i still exist but you, and you'd have that kind of thing where like it'd be atoms floating around you and then you would hear like a distant voice being like we found a way we found a way to save him and then there'd be like a bright flash of light and be like you'd go into the next room and like there's the the shrink ray and everything's normal size and all the all the people animatronics are normal size like oh goodness we got you in time and then you'd like exit through the gift shop and the gift shop would be full of like comically oversized items that you can buy um, to like relive your experience as the incredible shrinking you (laughs) that's my pitch that's awesome Like, uh, I feel like that would be great for Universal Studios. Like, it's kind of a low-impact fun. I love animatronics, and I wish animatronics, like, could be integrated more into uh, the current ride systems. Because watching things on video screens just isn't as fun. I get it. Cheaper. Video screens don't break down. But, They're getting better at integrating the two, though. I mean. Yeah. Slowly. Especially in, like, force perspective stuff are really good. Um, So those are our amusement park ride pitches. But panelists, I hope we're ready because uh, we're going to be getting a call from our producer, Chad Broman, any moment now. He told me he'd call. Oh, there, oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> Chad, uh, I got to answer this phone. Hold on. I'm going to be slightly off camera so I can answer the phone. Hello, producer Broman. Do you have a pitch for us? Hi, this is uh, producer Chad Broman here. Um, lo- loving what I'm hearing. Amazing stuff. Human Centipede, the ride, the movie will be out next summer. We're starting to cast right now. Uh, but uh, you guys, I-, I-, I just got off the phone with The Office and the, the other producers, and we-, we need something, like some- something really severe. When you think of 90 toys, what do you think of first? Bop It, that's right. But Bop It, is just, it needs a comeback, you guys. We need a franchise to use, utilize Bop It, and we need new commands. So could you please give me a franchise to have with Bop It with four new commands for this? And uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be excited to hear what you have to say. All right, producer, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> Click. <laughs> now, normally, we kind of take a break now and we give our panelists time to prepare. But since we are live... We're not going to do that. So uh, I'm going to do my pitch for it and vamp a little to give you guys some time to come up with your pitches for the uh, the revitalization of Bop It. And so 
Here we go. A one, two, three. I'm ready with my pitch. Okay. How I would revitalize Bopping. Now, this is a game I've only played once or twice in my life, but I kind of get it. It's a weird stick with buttons and things you can twist it or whatever. But you know what people really like? They like Halloween. So my revitalization of Bopping is going to be a Halloween-themed Bop it. So, okay, so it's a stick with things on it. So it's a stick. The new Bop it stick is going to look like a bone, like a femur, right? And there's like a knob on it. So we'll say there's like a skull. There's like a, so a femur with a skull on it. And uh, maybe like a hand bone kind of like hand gripped around it. And so that's our Bop it stick. And so for our four commands, you're going to have obviously some bone themed <coughs> mans. And, and obviously those bone themes are going to be like, you know, like, okay, so like, uh, you want to, what do you do to a, a, a bone? You uh, crack it, you crack a bone. Maybe uh, cracking the bone is there's like, is kind of like taking the bone stick on each end and kind of just bending a little bit. And maybe there's a <laughs> sensor in the middle. So that's, you, you got to crack it. And then um, the skull, maybe the skull is you got to spin it and you have to spin the skull around. Um, and then maybe... Uh, you've got, um, what other, what other bone, bone words? You gotta, you gotta crack it, you gotta spin it, you gotta, uh, poke it. Maybe you poke the skull in the eyes. Like, like a little Three Stooges out oh, yeah. <laughs> poke, you know, poke it, crack it, spin it. And then the hand one, you gotta, um, uh, everything shake. I want to say is really dirty. What's that? What's that, Bella? <laughs> I was going to say shake it, but okay, I like your idea. But... You got to shake the bones. You got to shake the bones. You got to shake it. One cartoon, you, like, you always play the bones like a xylophone. Maybe that could be a thing. Oh, like oh, a ribcage. Yeah. Oh, that was, okay. So instead of a hand bone, instead of like a hands. Okay. So it's like a femur with like a ribcage thing on it. Like this is a weird there like, little like voodoo talisman. Um, and you gotta, yeah, you gotta like xylophone it. You just like run your fingers along the rib, the rib bone. All right. That's my Halloween themed bop it. All right. Who wants to go first with their version of bop? I'm happy to, if the other panelists need some more time to think. I'm ready whenever. Well, let's have a guess. Why don't you go? Yeah, sure. So, okay. Let's bring, let's go nineties, right? So you've got bop it. That's a toy, but we're going to do a crossover with the Rubik's cube. Okay, and then the Hellraiser film franchise. So you've got the Hellraiser Rubik's Cube, right? Looks just like your regular standard Rubik's Cube, only the commands that it gives you are pierce it, skin it, rip it, and tear your soul apart. It's oh, what uh, delicious things it's showing me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of a, uh, a hurts so good toy. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing how um, the guy comes back from the hell dimension in the book versus the movie, I thought it was going to be. Yep, I thought there'd be a different heart. body fluid um, involved in, uh. it in the <laughs> Hellraiser Rubik. All right, we've got Hellraiser uh, that... Rubik's cube with Bopit commands. Mm-hmm. All right, but it commands <laughs> you. Who, who would like to go next? I'm ready. If you guys are ready. If Andy's right, not going to go next. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. 90s. Again, we got the Bop It. Times are better than they are now. <laughs> I actually really liked the Bop It when I was a kid. I also got the Bop It Extreme. And yeah, it's, yeah, it was pretty, I don't know, pretty intense. Uh, <laughs> but everyone here knows, especially now that I've talked about it, my obsession with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Our producer is losing their mind right now. Rock it, hug it, kiss it, rock it. Well, okay, all right. Rock it. This is like for families. Okay. People. It's for anyone that watched (laughs) WWE. 
WWF, okay? Mm-hmm. WWF. It's not it's not as weird as it sounds, right? Okay, so so you have smell it, kick it, and rock it, because it is the rock it. Uh, and so if it's smell it, it, you hear these sounds like if you smell, you know, when you press that, and then you hear uh, when you when you do kick it, it's uh it says candy ass again, family for families. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't come up with a third one, so it's just it's just rocket, and it's it's like the rock says or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I'd buy it. <laughs> Is, there's a, you know, there's going to be a DX version. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then you have a black and white version that's an NW. <laughs> And then we with each movie he comes out with, uh, there's like a Scorpion King version. You mm-hmm. know, uh, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Great graphics on that one. <laughs> Fast and the Furious version. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you see, we're making this a franchise. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rampage. Mm-hmm. He did Rampage. The game plan. We can go with Disney. You know, they can market that. Great. <laughs> 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 I'd buy it. <laughs> At least someone would. All right, Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a taking this to Shark Tank, okay? <laughs> Perfect. Mark Cuban is not investing in that one. <laughs> I get to see at the end of it. You're like, so Mark Cuban, what do you think about it? It doesn't matter what you think about it. <laughs> exactly. You just leave and no one's just like, we didn't even like offer anything. He just, or he didn't even turn down. He just walked out after that. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Falco, you ready? That's all I got. As we all contemplate the rock popping. So you guys are thinking about it now. So, so mine, mine is simple, okay, and I, and it it doesn't have a whole lot of commands, but it goes right in with like that that ninety theme of of TGI Friday. All it is is a box with some food in it and then a couple of cards and you just go you between watch it and eat it and you're just watching like 90 sitcom and so you just pull up a card and it's and it's like fresh prince watch it all right cool and then you pull it you know and there's a food pops up eat it okay cool so you're just sitting there in front of the tv <laughs> the cycling through yes yeah, so cycling through uh sitcoms oh friends cool all right uh bagel <laughs> bites quickly <laughs> and then you have like this speed round and you gotta flip channels really quickly while shoving your mouth full of like uh you know checks mix and <laughs> exactly yeah so those pizza rolls and uh <laughs> gushers and, just, and gushers yeah yeah food dunkaroos. dunkaroos yeah exactly some go you go gurt in there <laughs> you're gonna sit there and be like <laughs> trying to follow the plot of a of a <laughs> Of a of a home improvement episode, you know, <laughs> you come out, you know, you know. That's that's my that's my uh, that's my okay. idea on that one. Death by TGI Friday. Thank goodness it's cool. funny. All right, Andy. <laughs> well, I, I think what we're overlooking is the Boppet was a product of the '90s. Boppet's fans have grown up; they're adults, and they deserve an adult version of Bop It. So I am pitching the Bop It Marital Aid. Something to bring you and your partner together. It's got a couple settings. Spank it, pull their hair, restrain them, tickle their feet, and of course, a safe word. Because even with toys, consent is key. Mm-hmm. That's that's my Bop It. I, I think that that might be the winner, honestly. No offense to the rock, <laughs> rock theme. Bop It. Uh, Why don't we do a merger? Some tells me you would buy the, <laughs> you buy the adult Bop It. <laughs> 
American wives would be happy. Okay. So I hope producer Chad Broman loves at least two of those ideas. Um, and we get uh, we get that on store shelves before too long. Yeah. But now it's time for our grand finale. Our big pitches are movies based on an amusement park ride. Uh, would anyone Ooh. like to go first? I'll go first because I didn't actually, uh, I I am invoking a little bit of host privilege because I started to come up with one um, based around the Gravitron ride, carnival ride. I don't know if you guys, Gravitron, it was like a spaceship that spun around and like the gravity held you to the wall, like that ride. Does everyone remember that one? Yep. Oh, yeah. okay. There's so like dozens of variants too, right? Yeah, like lots of variants. But I, I started to develop a plot and then I found out about the movie uh, Psycho Goreman. Which I don't know, have you, like, Eddie, you know Psycho Gorman. So Psycho yep. Gorman, I, once I, my plot that I was coming up with, it turns out, is essentially just the plot of this movie that just <laughs> came out called Psycho Gorman, except without yeah. the amusement. I can see it, I can right. see it. Yeah, it was going to be about, like, these kids who, like, find um, what they think is, like, a wild, wild magical creature out in the woods, but it turns out it's, like, a homicidal alien, um, and its ship is actually the Gravitron, sh- like, that amusement park ride that's at the carnival that's in town at the moment but like <laughs> nobody knows it's actually actually a real spaceship and this alien is murdering people and the kids he's still a lovable like magical creature but it's actually a crazy murderous alien and which is uh, like parts of that are very similar to psycho gorman so that was my pitch gravitron evil alien just video on demand psycho gorman and you'll see what i was going all right so now well, they might need a psycho gorman too so you know psycho gorman too Gravity calls. Gravity kills. It's the new Gravity kills. Gravity kills. Perfect. I'm ready if if nobody else would like to go. Jump in. Take your shot. Don't sweat it, guys. Don't sweat it. Get more time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I I would say something I actually have talked about with some of my friends before. um, I think doing um doing thunder mountain the movie sorry if i took anybody's I, um but uh, <laughs> i know you had such a good idea um <laughs> thunder mountain the movie but it's centered around everybody's favorites of that attraction the goat right so this goat is working his nine to five goat job he has eight kids his wife is you know their their marriage is on the fritz uh and uh and he gets laid off from his goat job and so so now what You know, they're in this little town. There's no other jobs available. He goes out to his favorite spot and he sees what? A runaway train. Okay. You with me, everybody? I'm on board. It's it's up to him. That was a train joke, uh, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) How did I miss that? Oh, my God. That's amazing. Back on track. Uh, he, He gets to save the day, but it's, of course, like, you know, he goes through all these different steps to a uh, hero's journey blah 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 he ends up actually stopping the train uh with his body and <laughs> and uh his family sees him and it, it's kind of sad but he ended up saving the day and that's all that's all i got it's the oh, sad story. Gives life to stop the train yeah yeah oh. it's kind of sad oh this is like yeah. some death of a salesman like it, attention it, yeah. must be paid to it's, this goat it's really gritty it's really gritty yeah it's like gritty that. like western sort you're of doing thing. the gritty reboot of thunder mountain <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just imagine yeah. The, run, the runaway train and there's the the hero one of the guy here you know human heroes hanging off the side of it and they just see the goat with the dynamite in his mouth and he's like no and the goat's just like <laughs> crying and he like throws the dynamite and it blows up and it's off the train but he's gone and we like, know exactly exactly there you go 
That is a you know? the rock <laughs> I was kind of thinking Jeff Goldblum, but you know, they're they're my two favorites. So I either one if the rock declines, he's too busy. Either way, it's fine with me. You know, uh, often I'm sure <laughs> in Hollywood. If the rock know, declines yeah. this role, let's get Jeff Goldblum. Sure oh, it happens. Yeah, exactly. They're very confident. There's yeah. a lot of rock <laughs> movies I would watch with Jeff Goldblum a swap thing, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, Scorpion right, King, like for example. Get... Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Shirtless He's just there, like... in the middle of the desert. I wish there were some quotable lines from the Scorpion King that we could quote. In I, yeah, yeah. But, uh, he doesn't use have... a script. He just makes noises, you know, ah, like that, yeah. you know. So la 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 la, la. like the rock. <laughs> uh, okay, so who, who would like to go next with their movie based on an amusement park ride? Andy. I'll go if you want. Yeah, because right. um, well, it's it's. I know we got some Disney people here because my theme park ride. It's going to actually integrate a couple different rides because I want to do Disneyland of the Dead. Basically, one senior class trip to Disneyland gets ruined when the zombie apocalypse breaks out. Nice. And- it's inspired well my two favorite parts of Disneyland growing up. One was the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea ride, which which has now become the Nemo Sub ride, so it's gone. The other favorite, which I'm holding off on, I'm sure it's going to get replaced at some point because it has zero corporate synergy. So part of my reason for pitching this movie is just my weird way of possibly giving this attraction a new lease on life. But anyways, let's get to our movie because we meet our group of seniors, and it's the usual collection. There's the cool kid who looks like an Amber Crombie and Fitch model. The type A kid who worries how the zombie apocalypse will affect her chances of getting into Stanford. The Disney nerd, the theater kid, the bad boy, the comic relief, et cetera, et cetera. And three teachers, including this one weird drill sergeant type who insists that the group take walkie-talkies, which is like weird because, you know, cell phones are a thing that exists. So you got the three groups and they each have cell phones, which is good because once the zombies get going, cell phone networks go down. So the only way they can communicate is with the walkie-talkie. Now, the first group goes to Haunted Mansion. And they mistake the zombies for a really cool new ride upgrade and get horribly, <laughs> horribly murdered. Only the Disney nerd manages to survive with the talkie and warn the other two groups. Zombies are coming. The second group gets stuck in the Nemo Land subs. Now, the subs, they're swarming with zombies, but they are sealed in. So it's a good news, bad news. They're stuck, but they're safe. The third group is like right in the middle of Space Mountain. So they're going to like have to get out of the roller coaster in darkness, fight their way down while avoiding zombies. And true fact here, the pack of feral cats that actually live under Space Mountain. Now, the Disney Mm -hmm. nerd knows his Disney. So he makes his way to the one place that's safe. And my favorite park, Tom Sawyer Island. Once on Tom (laughs) Sawyer Island, he gets the message out to the other groups that there is one non-zombie infested place in the park. So get here, you're safe. The Space Mountain group fights their way out, but then they find out uh, both Nemo Land and Space Mountain are in Tomorrowland. And Tomorrowland is just a sea of zombies. There is no way they can get to the sub. They think there's no way to get out. But the Disney nerd remembers, oh, wait, that urban legend, Disneyland is interconnected by secret underground tunnels. Find a tunnel and you can escape. They find a tumble. There are some zombies, some of whom are in adorable Disney cast member costumes, but it's enough that they can fight them off. Meanwhile, back on the island, the Disney nerd finds out he isn't alone on the island. There's this group of three incredibly creepy dude bros who consider the island to be theirs. They figure they're going to tolerate the Disney nerd thinking they have this cuck that they can order around to do all their errands and like wash their socks. <laughs> so the nerd wisely hides the fact that he's trying to get his survivors from his class trip over to the island. You know, we need the three dude bros because every zombie film has the theme 
who's the real monsters? Is it the zombies or is it yeah. humanity? Anyways, the Space Mountain group makes their way into the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. They fight their way past some zombies mixed in with all the, the pirate animatronics, make a run for it, and successfully get to the island. So now we got the Space Mountain group to back the Disney nerd up so they can face down these three dude bros and basically tell them, like, hey, this island does not belong to you. Stay out of our way and we'll stay out of yours. Of course, the dude bros hate the situation, but they're outnumbered. So, of course, they bang. Unfortunately, things are not going great in the sub. They learn there's a sheriff deputy on board who wants to shoot his way out, which is the stupidest idea ever. But when they wrestle the gun away from him, he shoots a hole in the window. So the sub is slowly filling up with water. They communicate this to the group. The Disney nerd and the rest figure out they can use the tunnels to get to the monorail track. The monorail track doesn't have any zombies, and it goes right over the subs. So, uh, and, and they also figure out they can go back to Space Mountain, let out a few feral cats to distract the zombies. So they got the distraction and how they're going to rescue the people in the sub. Unfortunately, as they leave for their quest to rescue the group in the Nemo Land subs, the dude bros see them leave the island. We know it's not going to be good. The rescue does go off pretty well. They rescue the people in the sub. Unfortunately, in the chaos, the Disney nerd gets left behind. They think the Disney nerd is lost. They return back to Tom Sawyer Island to find out the dude bros in that classic zombie movie dick move have brought over a boatload of zombies, thinking the zombies will kill everyone else, and then they can kill the zombies and have the island to themselves. This leads to a climax, which uses all the wonderful parts of the Tom Sawyer Island that I love, all the forts, all the tunnels, as the kids try to avoid and get rid of the zombies one by one, and then for the climax, kill those stupid-ass dude bros who, like, cause the whole mess. Now, in the end, they think they're safe, but someone shows up in a Donald Duck costume, and they think they're going to get eaten by the Donald Duck person. But Donald reveals himself to be, hey, it's the Disney nerd. He's alive. And he's figured out if you wear a Disney cast member costume, the zombies don't realize you're not a zombie and you can move around as you please. So we get this wonderful coda where they're surviving on Tom Sawyer Island. And if they ever need to go forage the park for food, they just put on a Disney costume and they can move around the, sa- the zombie hordes in safety. And that's my movie, Disneyland of the Dead. I love it. And I love that you made Tom Sawyer Island the central yeah central location <laughs> and the central like advertisement the movie is to yeah. advertise hey guys this is, this is actually a really cool area of the park that really is underappreciated yeah i love that part and i know just like with Twenty Thousand leagues they're gonna get rid of it at some point because they're gonna turn it into i don't know like well, uh, what's a disney thing or maybe they'll turn it into like mcu island or something and It'll be way more popular, There's but I'll be talk. I, I'll defer to um, those of you on the panel who know a little bit more Disney stuff, but there, there's a lot of talk of like the rebranding of the, that island, but I can't remember what it's supposed to be. Uh, I mean, but... at one point, they put a few pirates in it. They didn't do a whole lot to it yeah. otherwise. Um... But that was still like the, the, the river pirate theme, right? Right, yeah. So I remember know, that when I was a kid. In with it. It was just a little like a date, but no, that would be. I'd, I'd like that. <laughs> it's a good, good movie there. Yeah, and yeah, for Halloween we could do the the zombie run on the island. There you go. Uh, yeah. I do like the costumes being the cover to get by the zombies because I I love I love the idea that the, that zombies like go after humans because they see them as prey. So if like if you're a thing that doesn't register like with the zombie, like a giant yeah. duck. Like that, they would just like let it let it go because they they can't cover. Well, it's not prey. I can't yeah. eat that thing. It doesn't look like a human. Well, plus, I'm thinking they think you're a zombie too. It's sort of a, like they did in Shaun of the Dead, where they figured out if you just sort oh. of shoot it around, register. But yeah, maybe it's the yeah they don't register. You know, 
who even zombies love Disney, so they're not going to go after Donald Duck. <laughs> like in the movie version of World War Z, I I did like the like the thing that zombies wouldn't attack someone that they could sense was ill. Oh, was because it would because yeah. it wouldn't because it wouldn't spread the zombie plague, and that's what they're looking for is they're trying to spread. So don't don't bite someone who has like cancer because that person's gonna going to possibly die and not be able to spread the zombie. You're not good enough for a zombie. Yeah, you're yeah. not good. And so uh, Brad Pitt injects himself with like every version yeah. of the flu imaginable, <laughs> so the zombies leave him alone. Well, I love that means that if you're a zombie, your sense of smell must improve like eight hundred percent. I sight, but not so much. That makes sense. I've seen like the theory that like <laughs> zombies can't really see very well because they they don't have like that's why they're all glassy eyed so they don't blink regularly because that motor function is so their eyes are all like wind like things that normally would we we'd close our eyes like a wind with dust just damages their eyes to the point where they no longer can actually see that well so they do have to rely because you know they lose the sense of sight their sense of smell it gets gets stronger I think Walking Dead it smelled too. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. what it's what you have to believe for zombie movies. If there were real zombies, they wouldn't be able to tell, and they'd probably just be tearing each other apart, which yeah. you know is not as exciting. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I also like the 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 cover of the Disney cast member clothing. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about them eating you. You just got to worry about the undead zombies who run their uh, strollers into your ankles. Yes. On a ship. <laughs> Um, I also hope the Disney nerd emphasizes thematic consistency. Like, if you are wearing the Donald Duck head, wear the Donald Duck costume. Don't mix and match. Yeah, don't mix and match. Don't mix and match. What what are you doing? Why do you have the Tigger body and the goofy head? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Tigger body's more comfortable. Like, no, that's not how it works. I don't want to hear. You want the zombies to attack you. Come on. (laughs) Okay. All right. Who would like to go next? So I've got one, but it's not not based on a traditional amusement park ride, more just a thematic thing. But uh, I think it works. So uh, picture this, all right? We start, beautiful day in the suburb, right? Sun shining, birds are chirping, and there's a birthday party with a bunch of children out back having fun. They're eating their cake and their ice cream, and they're obnoxious, you know. Uh, parents are over uh, hiding, sneaking drinks here and there, and just chatting it up and having a good time. The entertainment arrives. They got a clown for the party. Because why wouldn't you, you know? And he's got the dumb painted smile and the big stupid red nose. And he's dancing all around and doing all the regular clowny hijinks. Um, But then a twist. (laughs) He takes his nose off. And that painted face wasn't his face or mouth. That was all just painted on. It opens up and you see like an eel, a bunch of big teeth, right? And it just kind of stretches and it's all oblong. And he just grabs a kid and just eats the kid's head, just rips it apart and throws it down, grabs another kid. And then all of a sudden the clown car pulls up and hundreds of these suckers start piling up because it's a clown car, you know? So they're all trying to fight these clowns off. They're beating their bodies about and, and bashing their heads against things. But the, the clowns, it seems like they're immune to all of this stuff. Well, finally... The uh, uh, guy that's out back washing his Trans Am, you know, he's over there. He's got the the Leonard Skinner on. He's wearing the real short jean shorts, you know, and he's got the tank top. He's the cool guy, right? So he's over there washing his car, and one of the clowns comes after him, and he's punching at it and punching at it, and finally he reaches down, he takes the hose, and he jams it in the clown's mouth hole thing, and his head, this balloon just starts swelling above his head until it bursts. And the clown falls to the ground. So now all the remaining children need to go and find all the little super soakers and the little hoses with the spray nozzles. And they need to just start pumping all the water right into the weird orifice 
on the clown's face, and it's that weird amusement park game where you have to pop the balloon. I guess there's got to be some sort of a race element to it, too, where people are trying to do faster than each other to win. Um, I don't know. We'll workshop that part. (laughs) I love (laughs) Carnival Game, the movie. Yes. Because you could also do, like, like they have darts. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. And then maybe maybe the clowns also have, like... uh, like balloons on their costume, and if you throw the dart, yeah. pop the balloon down. Oh, you know what? Out. Put them together. So one of them inflates the balloon, then you have to go back there with the yeah. darts and pop the balloons. Because oh, when you're done filling it up, it can drain out. But if you pop mm-hmm. them, it's like mm-hmm. pop their head. Some of them, their uh, very large shoes are very sensitive. So if you slam them with a hammer, it can pop their head. Pop their head oh, right off. Right. Yep. Uh, also, I want to do something with goldfish and like ping pong balls. I know. I was just thinking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like a ring toss too. Oh yeah, like the yeah, yeah. The yeah. ring toss. Yeah, ring toss on Baseballs the bottle. I had another. <laughs> I had another idea for like a uh, that Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want, but it's about a guy who's cursed to know everybody's weight and tell them it, and it just ostracizes <laughs> him, and he ends up like a complete pariah. So uh, I think that that's more of a that's more of a a, a sad. Movie. So, yeah, I feel like that's a Bob Gold uh, Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's like he'd be the director. Anyway. Um, yeah, with like I could see that. I could like the not not uh, Bill Murray, but the, his brother as the lead. Because they, they oh Brian Doyle the, Murray, Brian Doyle Murray, yeah. the, the, the other one, the younger one, the one who was in uh, oh the one who was in Moving Violations. There's another Murray brother. Uh, he was on Mad Men, and he was on that show. He was in a Bobcat uh, movie. Um, I want to say like it's not Father of the Year, but it's. The one he made after that, like the citizen, one where it's like the guy dying, and uh, Abigail Breslin's in it. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, God yeah. bless America. God bless America. Yeah. Mm. The other Murray. Too many Murrays. The other Murray. The other Murray. Joel. No, the other. No, the other other Murray. Brian Doyle. Frank Murray. <laughs> Joe Murray. Fred McMurray. Mc, Fred McMurtry. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, I love Carnival. Carnival Carnival Clowns the movie. All right, Falco, I believe that leaves you. Are you ready? Pitch us your amusement park movie. Okay, so uh it starts out kind of kind of like Andy's, but it's a bit different. It's not like uh it's not like uh, uh like Granite or anything, but it's these these kids who go to dis- or these young adults really, you know, right out of high school who go to uh Disneyland. And they've been preparing for this. Like they come across country to do it, and it takes place in '95. And there's a reason for it. <laughs> but point is, is they go to Disneyland. There's like three of them. They want to have fun. So you know they're talking about all the rides they're gonna do, and they're gonna have you know everything. But one of the one of the kids wants to make sure you know he has he really has fun. So when they're like having lunch, he accidentally well didn't accidentally doesn't on purpose, but. <laughs> He, he he laces their drinks with some sort of LSD or acid or something, and then uh, you know it doesn't affect them immediately. So it's like, all right, let's go on a ride to uh, to relax a bit. So they go on the people mover, <laughs> and when they get on the people mover, they start tripping out really bad, and it's like an hour and 30 minutes of them freaking out. It's like, we've been on here for like four days, man. And they're freaking out and they're like ripping their clothes off. We're going to make a fire. Like we got to eat. Like they can 
going through their pockets. And it's like, I see another one over there. Maybe we can make it to that one. No, man, don't jump. Don't jump. And they're like, you know, they, they start going through like cultures of like tribal and they have like, they took ketchup from their like, from their lunch and they're putting it on and they're getting ready for like war. And they're, they, they see people and the other people mover come by and they're like, we got to, they're, they're, they're a hostile tribe. We have to make sure that we're, uh, we are prepared. <laughs> so they, you know, they, they take out like, like anything they have in their pockets. I mean, like, you know, ready to fight. And you go through the whole thing where they're just tripping and, you know, at the very end of the movie, the ride stops. It's only been 10 minutes. They're completely like almost naked and the thing pulls into the station. They got ketchup all over them and mustard and everything. And the security's just sitting there like, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> and then there's just like, there's just like the epilogue it puts up on the screen. It's like after August 1990, after the incident in August 1995, <laughs> the people mover was shut down. <laughs> I like it. It's the origin of the people mover being shut down. I love it. Yeah, and then the epilogue is like them, like freaking, you know, eight years or seven years later or whatnot, or 2001 or something like that, like 2006, something like that. They're going back to Disneyland and they're like, we're getting ready tomorrow. We're going to go. It's like, we're going to, this is going to be better this time. You know, we're not banned anymore. The the five year restrictions up. (laughs) Yeah, man, I can't wait. Hey, let's go on this new ride. I heard it's good. It's called the Rocket Ride. I was waiting for that. Yeah, exactly. And then you know the cycle starts again once they get there. But obviously, that's for the sequel. Uh, <laughs> just this is just uh, even faster. Like the time we're freaking out. It's called speed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I like the deep that. cut Disney humor in that. Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. could do like an epilogue, uh, like of after the second one of them. Like now it's like current. They're going to an auction where they're they're like, should I bid seven thousand dollars for this old pe- people mover pod? Because now they're adults and they're successful after being you know dropping ass. Right, right, they, right. see the, they see the vehicle. Yeah. There's like notch like, marks in it. Like how many days yeah. they think they've been there? This is the one. This is our <laughs> people mover bucket. <laughs> All right, that was fantastic. All right, we have heard some excellent pitches here for amusement park movies. Based on rides, listeners and viewers here on on the Twitch, if you have an idea for a movie based on amusement park ride, or our earlier pitch, which was a a, a new amusement park ride, tweet at us at our official Twitter account, Burn Pitching. Use the hashtag Burning Pitch. It works on two levels. Um, mm-hmm. and tweet your idea at us because we'd love to hear it. Um, and this has been our episode. I want to thank our wonderful guests for being on here. I will give you each a moment to plug when I tell you. Sam, <laughs> plug away. Plug whatever you want to Oh, play. I'm bad at this. Okay. Hi. I am known on most platforms as Betty Geek. That's Betty with an I-E. Um, I do art. I, I've been streaming on Twitch. I've been streaming Nancy Drew with my sister. It's been really fun. And then also whatever else I want, like building robots and painting and whatever I want to do. Uh, you can find me on um, Anyway with Sam and Tyler. We have a great episode that came out. I mean, I'm just saying it's about WandaVision and Wanda Roman 84. Um, yeah. So enjoy. And next person. Falco. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, tell us what you got. Show us what you got, Falco. Hey guys, it's Captain Falco. You can follow me on Twitch. You can follow me uh, in the YouTube's as uh, a part of the group of Zombie Core. You can see me on Facebook 
and on Instagram. If you come and follow me on Twitch and you're watching this live now, I'll be live in three and a half hours, I think. <laughs> I'm <laughs> finishing up Fallout 3, and I'll be moving on to Fallout New Vegas next week. Um, and uh, we, I, I'm, I'm going through a Fallout thing right now, so <laughs> I'm playing a bunch of those before I move on. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at all those... Nice locations. It's Captain Falco ZC here on Twitch and ZombieCore, everybody, everywhere else. And, of course, you can find me on the Gamer Culture podcast as well. Get that podcast recommendation in. All right, Eddie, get get us with your plugs. Yeah, speaking of podcast, uh, you can always check me out. I'm the host of the Bloody Bits Horror Show at BloodyBits.com. We have a Patreon up at Patreon.com forward slash BloodyBits. It's a uh, once-weekly discussion of all things horror or horror-related. Right now we're doing a Patreon requests month where we just covered David Cronenberg's The Fly, so it's fresh in my mind. And uh, next month we're going to be covering March Madness, a month of psychological horror. So you can always find me on Twitter at EddieTheAxe or BloodyBits.com. Sweet. Andy, plug away. You can find all my links and such uh, for Twitch. I'm usually kind of just here. So just keep watching uh, the Grand Geek Gathering. And all my other links, andynordval.com. And I am Michael Tanner. You can visit me on my website, bymichaeltanner.com. That's B-Y, michaeltanner.com, where you can visit my web store, where you can be U-Y, Michael Tanner comic books. Uh, I have Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. I have Strike Team Codename Diamond Force. It's my love letter to 80s exploitation movies. Uh, I also, by the time this episode goes up, there should be some other news about me, which I'm not going to say yet, because I don't know if it's officially going to hit by the time this episode does. But I got a lot of cool projects going on. Uh, Thank you for listening to Burn After Pitching. Follow us on the Twitters. Follow the Grand Geek Gathering here on Twitch, on Twitter, on Facebook. That's our network. Our theme music is by Carlisle Laurent. And again, I want to thank our guests and thank you listeners and viewers. If we had any, I didn't check it out. Maybe there's no one watching. Maybe we're just screaming into the void. Burn, burn, burn after pitching.